everyone, I am Matt Williamson here to, I don't know if we'll put a bow on the Cardinal game, might have to, short week. I've already dug into Patriots stuff, they're better on defense, and especially defense, and running the ball than you might think. Quarterback and passing game situations a nightmare. But as I often do, um, I just have a bunch of bullet points to talk about from this past game, and... In case you're unaware, this probably won't shock you when you add it up, though. This is the fourth game in Pickett's career he has left with an injury. And we know he's going to miss extended time. I mean, you're hearing things two to four weeks, hearing some other reports. You hope he's there for Baltimore. Could it be a season ender? I mean, I'm recording this on Monday. I think he's getting surgery as we speak or at some point today. His durability has to be a concern, as well as his play on the field. I don't know how there's any way around that. I mean, he he leaves a lot of games over a short amount of stretch, and it has to be part of the equation. And we might not see him again to evaluate him further. Maybe he'll be back. He does seem like a quick healer. I don't question his toughness even a slightest bit. But facts are facts. So, some other notes here. Again, just random bullet points. Cardinals had only one truly long drive. It was 99 yards. They don't get much longer than that. In their first road win of the season, instead taking advantage of short fields. I mean, I talked a lot yesterday about field position game. They had three scoring drives of 33 yards or fewer. I mean, it's too easy on them is is my one point. And that last, the the long one, the 99-yarder, they actually gained 109 yards thanks to 10 penalty yards. So they moved the ball 109 yards in order to score from 99 yards away. And on that drive, they had five plays of 15 yards or more on that touchdown drive. So the Cardinals were the better team. There's no doubt about that. But that 14-point swing was obviously the crucial point of this game. You know, you you failed to score on the one-yard line. And I want to address that too. I would have went for it as well. I'm not giving Tomlin a hard time. I've heard a little of that today. You know, just take the points. It's the damn Cardinals. You know, why would you do that? I would have done the exact same thing. You didn't get in. So be it. That's an execution thing. People are giving the play callers a tough time. It wasn't like they did something crazy. I mean, they just tried to push their way in and bully their way in for a yard and couldn't get it done. Such is life. It's not okay, but the game would have been dramatically different, in my opinion. I don't know your win. They weren't the better team, but that's a 14-point swing, and then you give up the 99-yard drive. I mean, just awful. So, saw this as well to back that argument up, because I even typed it at the time, like, I'm going for it here, you know, and they did. So, at that point, when the Steelers went for it on fourth and one, the Cardinals had only 26 yards of offense. So, you have to be thinking as a coaching staff, as a head coach, we got a good chance to punch this in. We got a big power back. We're going to do that, even with Trubisky taking over. And if we don't get it, this team's only moved the ball for 26 yards so far. So we probably get it back at midfield before long. Not at all what happened, but that's the probability of it. That's the way the coaches think. They don't have a crystal ball. I have no problem with that. McBride at one point 
was targeted five straight times before the end of the half. Now, one thing you'll notice about this Cardinal coaching staff is when they find a weakness more than some, this is kind of an Eagles thing, they'll spam it to death. I mean, they'll just come after you over and over and over when they find some. Connor late in the game, McBride late in the half. You're like, we got something good going here. We, we know we don't have a lot good going on our roster, but when we do, we're going to use the heck out of it. And boy, they did. Now, this bothered me is I think there's a conversation for taking these guys lightly and just reading player comments, which, frankly, I don't do very much. I, I don't I don't gain much of it out of an, as an analyst, as a fan. I think I've been around enough players to say they're going to tell you what you want to hear or just, you know, uh, you know, take one for the team, blah, blah, blah. But this bothered me. And I'm not giving Minka a hard time. It's just. We let their tight end catch a couple of balls over the middle, said Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick. He's a great player. I don't think we gave him the respect he deserved at first. That makes me want to pull my hair out. I mean, I I do this with you guys going into games. I advance scout the opponent like crazy. How many things did I tell you about McBride? This guy's an up-and-comer. He's becoming the top five tight end before our eyes. He was the first tight end drafted a year ago. He's dangerous. I don't think we gave him the respect he deserved at first. Why? (laughs) Why? I mean, did you not ever watch him? He's an easy eval. I mean, I haven't been in the league for over 20 years, and I can watch this guy and be like, I'm worried about him. He's going to be great. So I stole this from a fantasy site. You know, Trey, Trey McBride's season has officially arrived. The Cardinals released Zach Ertz before week 13 games against the Steelers, which tells you a little something, too, about McBride. Giving McBride sole possession of the top spot on the team's depth chart at tight end. McBride ended up running 25 routes for the Cardinals, who were also missing Marquise Brown for a significant part of that game, catching eight of nine targets for 89 yards and a touchdown. The second-year tight end is now up to 2.2 yards per route run, as well as one of the three tight ends with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle to exceed 2.0 yards per route run this season. Everything is trending well for McBride, and he could emerge as a league-winning tight end to close out the fantasy season. Now, I'm not saying I know more than the Steelers. I know that I do not. But if I could see in an advanced scouting report that this guy's becoming a star and is gaining yards per route run coming into this game at a Kelsey and Kittle level, I don't want to hear, I don't think we gave him the respect he deserved at first. That's advanced scouting malpractice. That being said, this is not an excuse. This is a fact. The fact that they are so beat up on the second level right now is just hard for any coaching staff to overcome. It just is. You know, you can't just get one injury or one position group hit with injury after injury after injury. There's sometimes no answers, you know, I mean, but it did get better. It sure looked like they put Minka on him a lot more as the the game went on, something I suggested over a week ago, but so be it. There you have it. But the fact that I do think they took these guys lightly just by the sounds of, you know, the the locker room. Heard somebody say something like, oh, yeah, they are a professional team. Like, you should never say that even after the fact, even as bad as they were. 
just seems like everything was taken very, very lightly. Um, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray only passed for 145 yards, but please remember Rondell Moore dropped an easy touchdown that would have easily put Murray over 200. That Moore drop was a gift. Uh, Murray also, in my opinion, which he's very good at doing, of course, broke contain too often, which is on the D line. So you probably know this, but Trubisky's first three possessions of the second half ended in a Trubisky fumble, a missed field goal, and a three and out. The fumble turned into a Cardinals touchdown. Great. Um, read this the other day too, yesterday, and the Steelers' defense allowed just over a yard per play, one, on first downs in this game. That's unbelievably good. But they converted nine of their 12 final third downs. Situational football. Some of that's fluky. You know, like you'd rather be great on early downs than you would on third downs because third downs are smaller sample size and whatnot. But, man, you know, some of it's just making a play when you need it most, and they sure didn't. Um, again, I talked about how they will spam something to death when it works. James Conner, that certainly was the second half trend. His final 15 carries yielded 108 or yielded 88 yards. 15 carries for 88 yards against what should be a stout defense. Not good enough, obviously. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back for a couple more things here. I organize my thoughts a little bit. So some cardinal usage notes. They had three different tight ends play 21 or more snaps, and they had four wide receivers that played between 30 and 47 snaps. Now, again, Marquise Brown, their best dude, left the game at the start of the second half due to an ankle injury, didn't return. So that skews things. Also, the rookie, impressive rookie Wilson and Zach Pascal were out for this game. Uh, Greg Dortch has been playing a lot more recently with the Wilson injury, and he led the team in snaps and routes run. Good young player. Cardinals spent nearly all of the fourth quarter in 13 personnel, where Andre Basilia, someone I'd never really heard, was the only wide receiver on the field most of the time as Arizona just ran out the clock. That's why Dortch and Rondell Moore didn't end up playing as much as you might think. So we talked a lot last week about the Steelers using 13. Cardinals were leading the league in it coming into this and used it well, especially at the end, led to some of those Connor runs as well. Excuse me for killing this dude's name, but the kickoff returner, Godwin Igwabuke. Why? No one seems to mention this, but you muff a kickoff in the end zone and you brought it out. Come on, man. What do we do in a kickoff here, too? Kickoff returner? Why is this just not McFarland? I assume it's because McFarland doesn't offer enough in the other special teams neighborhoods. I'm going to dig into that. But, I mean, I know kickoff returners don't matter much. But you can't make any mistakes. And you muff that one in the end zone and decide to take it out. What are you doing? Um, more field position stuff. 
their punter averaged over 50 yards per punt despite the weather and pinned the Steelers at the four-yard line in the fourth quarter. That stuff's winning football. Meanwhile, Harvin kicks this line drive that is easy to return and your return team can't get down there in time because there's no hang time and his inconsistencies are a little mind-boggling too. So let's talk Steelers skill snap count. There were 61 times the Steelers snapped the ball. Pickett was there for 30. Trubisky was there for 31. So they basically were right at the half, as you might imagine. Harris outsnapped Warren 36 to 26. Fryermuth at tight end was 36. Washington was 34. Hayward 19. Williams with five. Pickens at 49. Johnson 44. Robinson 33, which is still a bit much for me. Boykin 12, Austin 9. So early downs, first and second down, there was 44 snaps of early downs. Harris was out there 27 compared to 16 for Warren. There was also a snap where they were on the field together. All right. I'm not I'm not complaining a whole lot about the Harris Warren uh handing out work but i think you guys know i kind of adore warren and since the coordinator change we've seen less of them just find that noteworthy we'll see how that goes routes run there's 31 possible Fryermuth ran 20 of 31 hayward ran 10 washington 8 harris ran 15 warren 7 now some of that's easy to complain about on monday but I don't think I want Harris running double the amount of routes that Warren runs through the course of the game. Now, AFC, as always, topsy-turvy. Colts win a crazy game. They're all over the place. But they're 7-5. and five. You're going to see them soon without Trubisky or without Pickett in their building. They're hard to play against. Chargers won, but they're probably out of it at 5-7. and seven. The Colts are 7-5. and five. Texans are seven and five and with a huge win over Denver. Might have been a loser leave town match for the Broncos. Giant loss for the Browns with Flacco behind center. They got beat handily. So as the Ravens sit home, they basically kick their feet up and more or less win the division. I mean, the Ravens division, it's their their division with the Steeler and Browns loss. And As it stands right now, the Steelers are still the fifth spot in the AFC playoff standing, but they're tied with Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Houston. I think Houston's the best team of those four. It doesn't always matter. Steelers, Browns, Indy, Houston. I think Houston's the one playing the best. All those teams are seven and five. There will be some head-to-head stuff. The Bills are on by, much like the, the Ravens, though, and they're sitting at six and six. Them and the Ravens are kind of the big winners. I mean, the Bills sit there and go, wow, the Browns lost, the Steelers lost, Denver lost. Uh, Okay, we can string some games together. Maybe we're in. So that worked out well for them. They have a really difficult schedule, though, Buffalo. So we shall see. Um, The Steelers don't beat New England. Okay, uh, over and out. Take care. Take care.